Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Hey, it's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, I am so excited about this brand called Strix. On the podcast today is the CMO and co-founder, John Shanahan. John, it is so great to have you on the podcast. Hey, great. Justin, to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Um, it's been so much fun like researching you and the company. Um, for those who don't know Strix, they engineer discreet men's cosmetic and skincare products to help everyday guys like me easily, confidently, and comfortably look their best. I actually got to try them this week. It was so fun. I feel like I'm younger already. Um, <laughs> it was great. I really appreciate you sending them over. And I'm so excited to unpack this with you today, John. Um, let's do this before we jump into the brand. Let's talk a little about you. How about share a little bit of your background? I know you're a co-founder. You guys launched two plus years ago, but what were you doing before that? Uh, before that, I was actually a full-time YouTuber. Oh. Um, and it was a path wow. to get there too. So uh, my first, like, I would say real job is I worked for Apple. I was in the retail stores and I moved up there. I went into like corporate training. I was opening stores. And then I moved to a B2B predictive analytics firm where we would test new products before major retailers before they launched. So like J Crew is testing their new sweaters and we would help them, you know, launch the, the best performing products. There's predictive analytics. It was crazy. And then um, I actually was able to quit that job because I had built up a YouTube channel in the men's style and fashion space. Uh, it's called the Cavalier with a K. And uh, that's how I met my co-founder because he had followed the YouTube channel. And that's, you know, that whole idea of the channel was to help men look and feel their best through clothing and Strix wow. was to do it on the face. And it was like the absolute perfect fit. And uh, it, two years has now fe felt like the three months. I bet it's flown by. Okay. That's kind of cool. So I, I want to ask you more on that first. So like, did you naturally have a background in that space? Like, why did you launch a YouTube channel focused in that, that, that part of the industry? I had always been interested in video. I did like video classes in high school and I did stuff in college. And I was buying clothing from like Bonobos and Allbirds and these new brands that were popping up, but there weren't videos for them uh, on got YouTube. It. And I was like, I got a camera, like I can shoot some videos and talk about them. And it just, you know, I found a, I found an audience and I was able to build that up enough to the point where my wife could continue to stay home with their children and I could do the YouTube channel full time. That's really, really cool. Um, so is it, so I, I know I'm not an expert, you're the marketing expert here, but is it kind of like how Instagram influencers today, you know, like they'll get products from people and they get paid to rep their products on their Instagram page and they get lots of followers and all that. Is that kind of like what you were doing on YouTube and you are doing like, or is it different? Uh, well, in 2015, this was early. So in 2015, my, my insight at the time was that people didn't trust those influencers and right. I should do a review site that didn't take sponsors. And so it was very much uh, about, I would buy the products, review them. And then I had like an affiliate side of things, which to me was the better way to build trust in the long run. Got it. And and even today, is, the, is YouTube still as strong a brand for that type of thing? Or what have you found in terms of using it as a medium? 
yes, YouTube is still incredibly powerful, especially because it's so search-based. It's like, you know, the number Got two it. search engine in the world is YouTube behind Google. So, uh, you know, YouTube is, is still a very strong player. TikTok's definitely giving it run for its money. And that's a good way to tie into what we're doing at Strix now. Perfect. I love that. Great segue. All right. So, um, so you're in the space, you're, you're working in the industry, you've been repping, looking at products. Um, talk about how Strix, like where'd the idea come from? Um, and, you know, where, what was the initial uh, focus in terms of products? Yeah, so the idea really came from my co-founder had a pimple on his wedding day, and uh, <laughs> You're he, kidding. it almost ruined the day, right? It's like, it throws right. you off your confidence. If the photographer has to edit it out, which his didn't, there was a whole whole ship debacle there. And actually, um, my on my wedding day, I have pictures, I had, had like a breakout on my chin, and I, I remember oh. going to bed, and I was like, I hope I don't wake up with, like, I hope I just don't wake up with a pimple, and I did, of course, and like, I edited my own photos to get the pimple out of there, so... <laughs> Like every guy nice has job. an experience. It right. could be like a, like a zoom date. It could be a first date, like whatever it is. Every guy has an experience of waking up with something. And my co-founder was, was like, all right, you know, women have a thousand options to fix it. It's weird. If I go buy a concealer, like there's very much a stigma around these products. Totally. What would it look like if a company just built marketed, designed everything from the ground up for men because big brands are doing it. And, uh, you know, a couple of years of R and D launched in 2019. And actually when I joined the company, the idea was that, you know, I would build up the YouTube channel and really, you know, build out content there because guys need to be shown how to use these products. And, um, you know, YouTube is still a big part of what we do just around education, but TikTok has become the way that we're really getting the word out there now. Wow. Okay. All right. So what was, when, when you guys launched, um, was it one product? Was it multiple? Because if you, you know, if I, I go through your product set here, you've got a pretty good number of, of things. You got moisturizer, you got cleanser, you got concealer tools. Like, so talk about like, what, what was there one to begin with or was it a multiple, like, how did you guys initially kind of think about product? Yeah. So with the idea that we would have something unlike anything else in the market, the concealer tool was the one that we said, Got you know, it. it can look like a pen. It's going to be. And so we actually went, um, prime studio did the design prime studio designed for Harry's and Gobi, like totally some major brands. And then, um, it would, the, all studies basically showed that the products that men would use in the cosmetics, uh, industry are concealer into the moisturizer. So it was like that really pointed to saying, okay, these will be the launch products. Uh, wanted to launch with a lip balm as well, but uh, expensive production prevented right. that. And so, yeah, those were the first two products. And then actually within the first you know year, some of the most the most frequent piece of feedback we got from customers was that it was staining their pillows. They were getting like oh, the tint on their pillows. Okay. And so we caused a problem we then had to solve because guys, we were selling makeup to men who didn't either wash their face or... <laughs> The face wash that they were using. <laughs> they weren't used to doing that, man. Guys aren't used right. to doing that. Like, <laughs> right. Right. That's and so, so with that, or they were washing their face, but the face wash wasn't removing the cosmetic because that, that, no men's face wash assumes that they're moving or removing a cosmetic. So that's where you right. see the cleanser now Got is it. we have something to remove the cosmetic at the end of the day. And then, yeah, the as we built out the product line where we really want to sit is at that intersection of skincare and cosmetics to instantly fix your appearance. It's like if you got something and you want and it's something going on in your face we want to be able to help you solve that instantly and look and feel your best that's interesting so okay i'm going to go out there on a limb and i'll, I'll share a little bit something that i so i have a birthmark like on my like on the side of my like just to the left of my left eye and so um and it shows up as red especially like when i get a haircut and so like for years now 
I've been using concealer because inevitably every day people would say, Hey, did you just get hit? Or man, what happened to your head? Or like, and so I'm, I mean, you know, I know it's not the same purpose, like it, but it's a good reason to use concealer, let alone for some of the other things that you've found. Right. Yeah. And a big thing, like I, part of why I was interested in this product too, from the beginning was I used to go as like a 24 year old and pitch like multi-billion dollar company CEOs. And if you walk in with a pimple, like you just don't feel, <laughs> right. you either feel like you're <laughs> younger, yourself, like you're off or the other person is not listening to the message. Like there's, there's a distraction. <laughs> yeah. And so whether it be for yourself or to put yourself out there in that way, like, like for you, it's like, you'd rather have somebody make a connection at a different level than, Oh, they totally in the face. Right. And so, it's and so like, so why so do true. women always have the options to do it? And why guys are expected to live with it? And I think it's pretty cool. I think this is really yeah. interesting. Okay, so um, so you guys started in that space. So did you already have a consumer audience at that point? In other words, did you guys do anything to kind of build some awareness ahead of time? Or was it, hey, we're going to make a product and get it out there and see how it goes? Like, what did that look like? There was a buildup. Uh, there was a blog called The Peak Lapel, which is still live, which was... Uh, a way to like build up an audience that was interested in the like style and fashion space for men, which is, you know, there's alignment there with the Cavalier sure. as well. And so there was, yeah, there was like an initial launch list, but then beyond that, it, it became to like, you know, Facebook and Instagram ads to really get the word out there. Got it. Okay. So, um, so you get product made. So how did you guys figure that part out? Did you have somebody that knew how to like make a product? So it's, it's one thing like, you know, when I have a bunch of food and, and beverage folks on, right. They talk about, Oh, we started in the kitchen and we made it in our kitchen first and went to like a co-packer. Like, I mean, this, your products aren't easy to make. Right. So how did you figure that out? Yeah, actually, there was a lot of rejection from manufacturers when we would go with the idea of like this very uh, engineered product and in this form factor, because it's really easy. I mean, no, none of this stuff is easy, but it's relatively easy to go to a manufacturer and say, I want this product in this packaging, boom, start printing it. Right. It's very different to say, I have this new concept that I want to start from scratch and like build up and engineer and everything. And so there were manufacturers, plenty of manufacturers that said like, no, can't do this too hard or like take this one instead. Um, and so we also, we had two makeup artists that we started off with as well to help oh, with the formulation. Okay. Yeah. And so, it, you know, one of the things that my co-founder has been, Devere has been really good at is just saying like, I want to do this thing. I can't do it myself. Who do I get to then go, you know, do the best version of it? And so in that case, it was the makeup artist and then finding an amazing manufacturer that could, you know, do this very custom design, getting all of those together. And then, you know, he's, he's not going to be the one, you know, he's not comfortable on camera. He doesn't want to be the one on camera. So then, you know, that's how I come in. It's like, okay. So he's been very good at saying, no, there's all these things that need to be done. I'm not going to be the best one to do it. How can I then make that happen? Sure. Love that. Okay, so you find your manufacturer, you've got product in hand. What did uh, you know? What was the initial channel direct to consumer? Did you have any retail presence yet, or like what did that look like? And how did you start thinking about marketing? Yeah, we always wanted to have an accessible. So, like the the two concealers that were on the market when we launched was Tom Ford for men, which was literally the Tom Ford Beauty Concealer that was sold to women, but it said for men on it. And then there was <laughs> we'll just change it, like, the it's, name. It's literally <laughs> the same thing. Literally. And then um Boy Day Chanel launched like right before Strix did. And so that was the other concealer. And both of those sit at fifty plus dollars. And so it's a lot. When we were you know developing the concealer, we didn't want to be the cheapest one, we want to be the best one and accessible. So we launched at a slightly higher price point because we also thought we would go into a channel like Sephora or you know, some Ulta. of these higher end retailers. Right. Yeah. 
Well, Alt, I mean, Alta is a little bit lower. Uh, not. You know, I always not put Alta and Sephora and, together. Not really. You know what I mean? I'd bundle them for for better yeah. or worse, right? But yeah. But um, but then you know after we launched, like guys don't shop in those channels, and right. so that that became a very intentional thing. So yeah, so D 2 C was like our bread and butter, and that's where we started eventually to go to retail. Um, and then CVS, the opportunity came up through our uh, incubator XRC Labs. We went through Accelerator, and um, that was that was the perfect fit because it's like guys already going in there and they wanted us in the shave aisle, which is also very important because some of the retailers wanted to put us Interesting. around totally. other cosmetics. No, and we shave aisle. And we can't perfect. be there. Yeah. We want to be right next to the Harry's razors exactly. and that's where we ended up landing. That's interesting. Um, a little bit of detour here. So you, you mentioned XRC. We've actually had XRC on talking about what they do and whatnot. How did you leverage XRC labs? And I think it's interesting to have you talk about just a, a brief moment about, you know, what they did to help you guys out in your brand. Yeah. So they actually recruited us after we launched. And, uh, that was also, you know, very cool too, because, you know, them recognizing this is a space that's interesting. Right. Uh, we still had to go through the whole process. We had to pitch and like convince them that we were, you know, we would be <laughs> right. good in the program. Um, but because they had incubate or because, um, Billy razors had gone there through there, they're one of the very few consumer product, uh, accelerators that, can really point to successes in this space. You know, they don't they don't have pure CPG companies. They also have some tech in there as well. Totally, that's exactly um, right. But what Pano and the team has done over there is is remarkable for this space because really the only other you know there's a few other tech accelerators that are pretty notable. There's not many consumer brand ones, but XRC um, definitely was. And the way that we you know one of the things that they were massive in helping us with was just the way to think about um, like cash conversion cycles in a CPG business, which. You might be able to find some of the information out on the web, but they have, you know, their own internal templates to say, like, this is how you should be looking at revenue. This is how you should be looking at margins. This is how you should be looking at customer acquisition, like very uh, experienced data points to say, this is how you should be considering your business and how you should look at growth. And then when it comes to fundraising, you know, guidance on those sort of things. And so when they say, you know, the term accelerator is true, it's like all this stuff we probably could have figured out in a few years, but they were able to cram it into like six months and just wow. really throw everything at us. And then outside of that, the mentors for the program, like I actually just sat through a session today. I'm in, I'm in the alumni now, but there was a session <laughs> on TikTok for current cohorts. And I sat through that because it was, it's literally the global director of TikTok came in and talked to oh, that's cool. And so wow. it's like, you don't get that access if you're just, no. you know, a brand out there on your own. And so I've been very, um, I've encouraged other brands, you know, to apply and Check it get out. involved. Yeah, it's awesome. For our listeners, you can just rewind a couple episodes. You'll see Diana Malencio from XRC was on. Um, she talked all about how they work. You can listen to that and check it out. All right, back to you. Um, so uh, you're launching. So you, you knew marketing was going to be a big deal in terms of driving brand awareness and, and consumer trial. Like what worked? Like what worked and what didn't work at first? What, were you trying different? Like you mentioned Instagram ads. You mentioned TikTok. But TikTok at the time, was it even hot? Like what, what, what did you find? Yeah. So, uh, guys buy very differently than women for one. So like when we would try and talk about the product and say, you know, it has this ingredient or it has this, you know, component, like those things don't really matter. Guys want to see it covers your razor burn. Boom. Like that's it. And so <laughs> right. you have to be like a lot shorter and quicker on these sorts of things. And we also assumed that because we had such a sleek and cool design to the product, the guys would just buy it based on how cool it looked, but they don't do that either. It's like, you got to show them that it works, how it works and that it's okay. We also run into a lot on Instagram. Um, I guess more Facebook is like, there's still, there's still a massive stigma on these products and the comments are just brutal. Oh. And um, like when you say like, you know, you cosmetics, 
when you say cosmetics for men, it's like, there's a lot of homophobia. Got there's it. a lot of like, just like violence toward the idea of these products. And so we have to get, we have to get a lot more specific on our targeting, um, to avoid wow. some of those things. And so, but it, it only really encourages and continues to show why we're doing this is because we think because there hasn't been a men's brand that shows that these products are okay. That's part of why there's a stigma. And part of that is just, you know, breaking it. Wow. Uh, you mentioned CVS. Uh, and when you get into a store like a, a CVS, it's it's big volume, right? And so were you guys prepared for that? and Or did you have to scale production? What did that look like? Yeah, what's interesting with that is our manufacturers have just been waiting for us to go to higher volumes, right? It's like they can produce, they can produce thousands and thousands of units. And like, we're just, you know, hitting our MOQs, our, our minimum orders right. uh, so that we can get there. But we were actually able to fulfill most of that order with on-hand inventory. We, then we had to go in production. One of the big things was our original packaging. So the package that you would have now is our retail packaging, but we had like really premium D to C packaging initially. And it just didn't, it wouldn't work on shelf. It doesn't say what it is. doesn't say what it does. You can't, it was, it was very much just like, you know, you get it at home, you unbox it. Sure. So we had to, redesign all of our packaging for retail. That was a big thing. Interesting. So we actually, we, I'll never forget, like we wired the money for that production on like March 18th of 2020. It was like the world shut down and we were wiring a huge check to go into production for CVS um, on this whole new production run. And that was, that was a crazy time too. It was like, we said, yes, amidst COVID. Um, and yeah, so that it's huge volumes. It was, you know, there's a lot of, just like process in the background of like, how does it be, how is it shipped? How are you packaging it? The DC, like the warehouses it's shipping to. And I can tell you in confidence, I, my co-founder and I didn't have never done that before. Right, exactly. Figured the entire thing out. It was just like every single day. It was like, all right, what's today's challenge? Uh, you know, connecting our warehouse to CBS's warehouse. Right. Let's figure it out. <laughs> right. it, was, it was just a lot of duct tape, gum, and right. uh, flying by the seat of our pants. I love that. Um, so you got CVS locked up. Uh, you've got a new growth happening, right? Talk about some of your, your new expansion in retail. Yeah. So we, I mean, we, for one, in 2020, we finished the year with five products. In 2021, we will have 12. Uh, uh, so our our Amazing. pimple patches just launched. Yeah, I saw uh, that. That's kind of cool. In Q4. So that was really exciting. And then now we're actually in the Nordstrom flagship in New oh, York City. Nice. And yeah, so I love that store. That's another one. Yeah, that's another one where we're in the men's like area. The men's store, like, yeah. Not over in the cosmetics. We're right next to the um the, the Nike shoes. We're right next oh, to yeah. the grooming products. Um, and that's a, that's a big step in showing like, look, you can put this really cool concealer right next to the apparel. Uh, and Nordstrom is like, is very excited to have this type of product out there because, um, you know, they have plenty of grooming already, but this is like that next evolution of it. No doubt. I love that. Um, that's pretty exciting too. And I do love that Nordstrom store, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's great. I love that it's like separated. It's like one side of the street and the other side of the street. Um, really cool article I was reading in Vogue um, around around this market. For those that are not familiar with the beauty industry, this is pretty amazing numbers here. The beauty industry is valued at $532 billion globally. Today, men contribute to less than 1% of that. But And what this article talks about is just the shift that's happening as men are are more interested in kind of this grooming you know, um, segment of the market. So, I mean, what a hot space to be in. Uh, what's next for you guys as you're continuing to grow? What are, like, what are the next 6 to 12 months look like in terms of ensuring you guys are, are continuing your acceleration? 
Yeah. So, I mean, our, the two big launches this year, uh, our SPF moisturizer was a, a huge undertaking. There's a lot of FDA regulation around the claims around SPF. And, and so really making sure we continue to get that product out there as well as pimple patches and everything else we're working on. And then uh, we do have another big retailer coming online next year that we're finalizing details for. And so you'll be able to, uh, to find us in even more stores coming 2022. I love that. Yeah. Well, you have to come back on then and share like how that's shaping up and what, you know, what that experience has been like, you know, because it'd be, it's interesting to mix your Instagram slash Facebook slash TikTok slash, you know, YouTube slash everything marketing model with, is that driving like recognition of brand and then therefore purchase in retail store, or is it driving, you know, incidents on your website? You know what I mean? That's just, just the thought around that. Yeah, it's definitely driving both like in a month, in the months where I'll have a TikTok that does, uh, or like, you know, across our whole account, if we have a, a month where we have 5 million views versus 7 million views, you can see the corresponding lift in sales in retail. Oh, I mean, you can definitely see okay. it. You can definitely see it on D to C. Like we can see that immediately. Right. Um, but we can see like when we get our weekly and monthly sales reports, it's like if I had a video hit big this week, you know, we had increased sales in CVS. And so that's what retailers, you know, are, are increasingly becoming interested in, especially with Nordstrom. It's like that we're working on a whole plan now where like I'll be posting on the Nordstrom account and, you know, I'll be posting on our account about Nordstrom. And so really tying in, it's like, you know, these brands want to have the social presence and this is a really easy way to get some of that expertise totally. in-house. Totally. And for those who are listening, I mean, the in the kind of the fashion space, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I've bought some great new brands that I found like uh, through an Instagram ad, right? And then I tried it and I loved it. And like I would never have found those in retail stores. It's really interesting. And then those, those brands go into retail stores eventually. I always love to ask our guests, like what would be two or three big pieces of advice you'd offer, whether it be in marketing or as co-founder of the business, Strix, you know, what does that look like for you, John? What, what would be two or three things you'd offer to our audience? Uh, I always advocate starting things when you might be just, it's just before you're ready. It's like, you know, I didn't have, uh, the expertise on my YouTube channel. It's like, I started, you figure it out. And like, that's, you know, unless you're going into like, uh, the sciences where you have right. to like really, you know, but it's like, if you want to try this new marketing thing, like just try things and test it out and, uh, you'll definitely figure it out. It's like, I, I've talked to a lot of guys over the years that wanted to start YouTube channels and like, you just analyze yourself to death before, totally. uh, <laughs> totally. launching something. And so the only way yeah, to learn is wanna... to get into it too, right? You wouldn't learn without doing yeah, get your hands dirty. Talk to people, but don't talk to too many people because then you'll uh, you'll run yourself <laughs> in circles. That's what I think. A lot of opinions. <laughs> yes. I love it. Hey, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your products, etc. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. We're actually recruiting a lot on LinkedIn, and so that's been a really powerful tool for us. Um, just don't tell me that you're going to increase my, my <laughs> e-com sales because I get those. Dude, I get those every day. I want you to know, two or yeah. three people reach out to me a day telling me they can increase my sales. I'm like, I get really? them from Strix. I get them on Strix, which is like appropriate, but I get them on my YouTube channel and I respond. I'm like, I'm a YouTuber. Thank you. Right. Thank um, you. I do not need. So yeah, just say contender cast and then something. But, <laughs> nice. Uh, you can you can see my bathroom on all our TikToks at Strix Official. Um, you know, I'm, we're always on there. And then yeah, our YouTube channel uh, Strix.com. We got we got we're all over the place. That's awesome. I love it. All right, man. It's been so great having you on. Got to get you back. Um, I'd love to have you back on down the road, especially with some of the new retail announcements you've got in front of you and as you launch new products. And thank you so much again for sending over the products to sample. I mean, I really, um, I, I love it. And it's kind of part, it can be part of my routine, you know, in the morning. That's what, you know, guys need. So appreciate you being here, John. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing entrepreneur stories because this is what I used to listen to in my day job when I was ready to quit and go off my own. So I love it as well. Good. Thanks so much. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.